In this episode, we interview Ibrahim Mali, co-founder of Solidarity Studios, an organization that gives people the tools and resources they need to tell their story and galvanize their communities around the issues that affect them most. So thanks everyone for tuning into this episode. It is another community check-in with Ibrahim Mali, who is the founder of Solidarity Studios. Ibrahim, thanks for joining us again today. Thank you so much for having me back. All right. Good so for people that didn't hear the first episode, let's start by what is the mission? What is kind of the background of, of Solidarity Studios? Sure. Yeah. And and our mission is uh, always evolving, but you know, I think I like to think of us as a record label for community organizations. And what I mean by that is um, helping community organizations and specifically the young people within those community organizations be able to articulate, uh, record, and amplify the stories that uh, are in their community, their lived experiences, and to find audiences for those uh, stories and, and to build connections, mm -hmm. most importantly, based on those amongst themselves, amongst other young people and community organizations within their, their city, but most importantly, uh, with young people around the world. Yep. And we use music and specifically hip hop, dance music, that is, uh, you know, the most popular right yeah. now globally yeah. uh, as, as the connective tissue to make that happen. All right. And, and why you? Why, why did you want to found this organization? Uh, I think I just fell into founding the organization uh, because of my passion for music and kind of uh, growing up between communities myself yep. here in the U.S. Uh, as a Palestinian American, um, you know, navigating those spaces and, and trying to articulate the stories of my family's lived experience, um, our you know, family's experience overseas yep. and finding that music was really the best method to, to build that empathy across yep. uh, the peers that I was growing up with. And so I wanted to really take that to another level by providing um, not just, you know, the, the uh, signed musicians of the world the opportunity to, to make those um, stories known, but anybody uh, within our communities. And so I um, was in a fortunate position that I, I knew musicians who yeah. wanted to uh, work with young people. I happened to work in a place that uh, made it easy to, to navigate with. Uh, equipment manufacturers and audio uh, equipment suppliers yep. and we just tried to connect the dots and that's, yeah. that's really what it came down to. Wow. Now I, I want to get into the organization but you said something when you're talking that that kind of struck me you said these stories using these stories to build empathy uh, what do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what is the importance of it? <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um, so you know growing up and in, in especially like the South, Florida, um, you know, this pre 9-11 or and even really post 9-11, um, Palestine, if it was familiar to people, was right. really more of like a, a dirty word, you know, it was associated with violence, with extremism. Um, and there there wasn't a lot of ways, you know, even just speaking from personal anecdotes mm -hmm. or inviting people over to, to, you know, share in other aspects of the culture and the history. Yeah that you know it found it very tough to break that preconceived notion oh. and so i remember you know having my walkman cd player and listening to records like Khalid Kwali and and you know Mos Def and hearing 
language that I was familiar with, you know, the, the, the Muslim Arabic vernacular, mm-hmm. hearing Palestine mentioned in ways that were very positive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it made me realize that music could really be that vehicle. And, you know, even when you think about just um, today's like, you know, multilingual music environment, you don't necessarily need to, to understand what's being said in the lyrics as yep. much as um, to feel it in your core. And yeah. so, you know, I think that it, it really is a, a um, subversive tool in that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, you know, it gets under your skin, it gets into your heart, and you it don't does. even realize that it's happening. Yeah, yeah. Is it 47 Souls? That you introduced me to is that was that the band? yes yes the, yeah. the show yeah we went to, we went to the show oh, and, and I followed up on Spotify afterwards and yeah same thing they they have they have some English in the lyrics but uh, for the most part it's not English but like you said you can kind of feel what they're talking about even if it's not kind of in your native tongue yeah absolutely and and you know if you get the opportunity to see a live show like that yeah, or yeah. you know to to watch some of these videos on YouTube of, yeah. of the fans interacting mm-hmm. you know I, I think that that shows and, and really humanizes uh, the, the culture that you might be unfamiliar with in, in different yeah. ways. And so I think it's, it's yeah, you know, way more powerful than yeah. uh, coming at it academically or, you know, <laughs> journalistically even yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Um, there is no fake news or real news yeah. in music. It's just yeah. music and how, how it makes you feel. Yeah, yeah. And it's usually like lived stories that are just, having a voice through the music, whether it be percussion or even, yeah, lyrics. Yeah, Exactly, exactly. <laughs> wow. So uh, last time we spoke, you didn't have this space that we're in. <laughs> so right. how, ha- how has the organization progressed since then? Uh, what are some of the new activities maybe that you've done or things that you continue to do? What does the, the Solidarity Studios look like now? Yeah, it's uh, it's been an exciting journey even throughout the the last couple of years, which has been you know challenging for everybody. Yeah. Um, I think you know immediately after we last spoke, we had to like everyone pivot toward a, a virtual engagement model, yeah. um, which proved challenging at first, but I think it allowed us to think more creatively about how we reach people yeah. and the types of tools that we use. So. We used to previously go into a space uh, with young people, with our studio equipment, yeah, yeah. and uh, work with them you know, in small groups, huddle around the equipment, um, booking time in the physical space, yeah. and scheduling with the students. Um, all very, very important aspects of the work. But you know, with the, the virtual environment, we had to discover new tools that were accessible on the web or on your mobile yeah, phone yeah. Uh, that could achieve you know, kind of similar creative results. Um, and mm-hmm. through that, being in a partnership with the U.S. Library of Congress mm. because they have a really cool online uh, beat making tool that leverages the library's immense library of sounds and, and the, the archive that exists there. So yeah. we began, yeah, working with them on a virtual uh, education beat making model um, with with you know a cultural component that we call the Beat Passport to, to learn <laughs> different uh, styles and what those style where those styles originate what the cultural resonance is and you know eventually making a version of that style whether it's uh, chicago house music you know reggaeton ghanaian high life and uh you know that i think was really powerful because not only were we working with tools that were accessible to everyone yep. uh, regardless of skill level but also um we could access people where they were 
and we didn't have to worry about them being able to commute to the south side right, or right. you know wherever we were in, in, in the world at the time. Um, and that allowed us to, to have workshops where people dialed in from all corners of the city, yeah. from as far away as you know the West Coast, or even wow. we had people dialing in from Palestine yeah, and Ghana. Yeah. And so that was really cool to have that kind of cross uh, location pollination happening yeah, virtually. Yeah. So then I'm sure people can meet each other from different cities, countries, et cetera, too, in that instance and, and learn more and have more of that cultural empathy being learned. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. I mean, some really awesome moments with educators in uh, Texas, talking to educators in Chicago, New York, and, and Palestine yeah. and trading. Uh, tips on how to work with the youth musically. Yeah. So, you know, those were really powerful sessions and um, very thankful that we were we were able to, you know, work with such yeah. a such a diverse crew of people and sounds and, and develop the model. Um, I think, you know, now as, as we start to get into more of the physical uh, work again, it's a blessing that we were able to find a space. We now have our, our own recording studio and gallery performance space here in Chicago. Um, we're very fortunate to, to have much of our equipment provided uh, by our, our supporters and donors. Yeah. Um, and so we've been thinking through how do we bring people back in, into a, a common space and, and you know, make it accessible, uh, safe, yep. and and yet at the same time uh, edifying for for the artists and the young people who who can make it here. So you know, the vision for this space, not only of the recording studio and the uh, the gallery space, we also have a commercial kitchen and uh, a vocal booth as well. The the you know to to display our solidarity, put our solidarity on display in more ways than one by um, having the, the physical location, the yeah. room for people to um, host their own events and, and really uh, make it more of a creative storytelling incubator. Whether you tell your stories through music, uh, through novel cuisine and, and culinary mm -hmm. uh, explorations, through visual arts, painting, sculpture, dance, um, and so, you know, we really want to be able to foster those things and, and again, uh, provide resources to young, young creatives in a way that they don't have to think about where am I going to do this thing? Where am I going to get microphones or, you know, yeah. stage lights and all that other stuff from a kitchen, just, you know, tell just us what your idea and is <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, let's make it happen together. So, wow, that's amazing. Um, now, you, you wanted me to talk about new music, but before I do that, I wanted to ask because this was the first time I'd heard of it during our first interview is what is the Library of Congress's archive? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, Library of Congress is, is amazing. Like, they, they uh, for centuries have gone out and done everything from direct field recordings, you know, like the famous Lomax recordings where we, we got so much Mississippi blues and, and you know, all these like uh, kind of seminal American genres on tape for the first time through to, um, you know, oral histories and, and anything that enters the public domain wow. is put into their archive. So this is like the internet before the internet in a way. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's all digitized now. They have, you know, millions upon millions of sounds that you can leverage. 
And what was a really cool part of our program was as our students made these, these different interpretations of various genres um, and other organizations throughout the U.S. were doing similar things yeah. with the same tool, uh, all of our sounds were and, and songs, excuse me, were cut together onto a record mm. by uh, a professional DJ and then pressed to vinyl and the, both the digital and the vinyl copy were entered into the library. So uh, it was, it was. It's the start of legacy, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, we had, we had some of our students, you know, call us afterwards and say, wow, like I never in my wildest dreams as a kid from a refugee camp in Palestine thought that my music would wind up in the U.S. Congress. Like, yeah, that's wow. incredible. That is, that is a story. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so speaking of music, new music, what, what, what's kind of come recently since we last spoke? Wow, yeah. So we um, we put out albums with some of our partners here locally. Um, Producer Spotlight Volume 1, available yeah. on all streaming platforms. All right. Uh, five aspiring and, and really talented local producers worked with uh, recording artists in our network. Yeah, yeah. And went through a whole uh, professional development, completely original album production. Uh, from end to end, so there's a lot of really cool uh, Chicago-inspired styles that are on that record. Um, we also, through our Sounds of Ghana project arm, have put out three albums, including uh, the Sounds of Ghana album, that involve archival material that we uh, recorded on the ground through the last few years of traditional songs, uh, dances, drum, drum rhythms, and uh, our teaching artists, as well as you know the the artists that are we work with in Ghana, remix those things into completely new sounds and and uh, songs that are all uh, super danceable, super interesting. Yeah. Um, and our students in Palestine continue to do some really really amazing uh, work. Everything from um, kind of very politically driven and, and conscious uh, rap through to more melodic, um, calming kind of R&B, uh, dance music. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's been, I think, a real blessing to see our artists evolve over the last years and, and move, uh, just grow their talents in yeah. ways that are, that are totally novel. Yeah. How has your personal experience been ex having been exposed to music from Palestine, from Ghana, from, from learning about the methods of storytelling um, and, and how music has, has impacted these people that are sharing their music? Have, have, you, have you changed? Like, or have you seen anything different? Or um, I'm, I'm curious as to your experience through the whole few years now. Yeah. Um, I need to... to Think yeah. about that a bit. I would say probably the most impactful yeah. um, aspect over the last few years is, yeah, see, kind of seeing the way people tend to craft their their song uh -huh. from beginning to end and the different approaches that are there. Um, like yeah. what they focus on during the recording of it or like what their sentiment looks like during the recording or like, how so? Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Like looking through, you know, where people tend to put their focus, yep. like yeah. 
um, if, if, you know, and what their goal is really at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, um, yeah. Because in some cases it may just be, you know, we want something that, you know, celebrates like the Ghanaian dance tradition. Yeah. And so it's, it's going to be super percussive, super danceable. We want it to reach young people. And so we're going to change it in this way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the way people choose to draw on their traditions, I think is really yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, you know, we've worked with um, folks of all background here in Chicago and, you know, to, to hear stories of the producers kind of drawing on like their grandparents collection of, of records from Mexico and, you know, how they apply certain techniques to, to the recording so that, they can kind of recreate that um, sort of dusty and, and, and old-timey feel that, that they recall from their childhood um, versus, you know, maybe uh, some of the, the students that we work with in Palestine where, you know, they have a story to tell yep. and they really want to get it out today because yeah. of the urgency. Yep. And so that necessitates a very different technique. Yeah. Wow. Um, what, what does... Solidarity Studios have in the future plan? Like, what, are you, what what's next? What's next on the agenda? <laughs> uh, I mean, in, in short, <laughs> put out more dope music. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. keep the music flowing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, help help tell more stories and, and really uh, facilitate the the incubation of more projects, whatever whatever they are. Um, I think a big focus for us in the in the coming twelve months, especially building on the virtual experience that we have, yeah, yeah. is how do we how do we create more connectivity when we are doing things physically, yeah. and what does that what does that connectivity take? So it's not just a, a kind of superficial Zoom call every now and then, yeah, but yeah. to foster real collaboration, um, and that's something we're we're really keen on on exploring more. Um, we want to give our artists opportunity to, to perform it more in front of a, in front of a, a bigger audience. And so, you know, over the last year we've, we've been able to distribute a lot of their content digitally to the major online stores. Yeah. But a big piece of, you know, what we believe in is, is bringing people together physically. Mm-hmm. Um, because when it comes to community organizing, when it comes to building movements uh, for, for social justice, for, uh, liberation it necessitates yeah. being together in a physical space yeah. and uh, to build those bonds eye to eye face to face so i think story sharing experience sharing exactly yeah. feelings sharing feeling yeah. sharing yeah yeah absolutely wow. and so i think that, that that'll be the other big focus for the year yeah wow well people that are interested where could they find you uh our socials uh you can find us on facebook insta uh solidarity stew yes solidarity stu um solidarity studios.org is uh, probably the best place for updates and also where you can sign up to maybe even attend some of our virtual workshops support us uh would you have anything coming up that people should look out for this summer, we will be doing um, a set of professional development workshops here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So any, any Chicago-based producers and artists, please do reach out and apply. You can find the application on the website. Uh, we'll also be doing more virtual workshops uh, akin to what we do with the Library of Congress. So the Beat Passport will be coming back mm-hmm. this summer. And anybody anywhere in the world can apply to that. Um, 
And so, yeah, keep an eye out. Check the website for new music releases as well. Yeah. And uh, updates on, on what our community partners are doing too because really it's, it's about amplifying their work and their stories as well as the, the young people from the, the community stories as well, yeah. at the same time. Wow. Well, um, that, that wraps up all my questions. Is there anything you want to leave us with before we kind of close out here? Anything specific? um i would just say to everybody go listen to an album you've never heard before maybe from a different part of the world yeah and see see what that inspires yeah i bet you you're gonna go down a a pretty interesting rabbit hole yep (laughs) well you thank you so much for your time again today for doing a community check-in with us it's awesome to see how you all have been expanding especially during covid and the reach that you've had um, so we're honored to get, you know, the continued success and story and work that you're doing out there. And, and hopefully we'll continue to drive this awareness, education and engagement here. Amazing. And thank you all for as well yeah. for, for the continued support and, and uh, guidance along the way. It's, yeah. it's, it's great to be connected to, to the broader community with you guys. Yeah. All righty. Thanks for tuning into this episode. If you know of a great organization or individual leaving a positive impact, we'd love to tell their story. Check us out and contact us at gtzp.org. Don't forget, for more stories like this, you could also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Instagram followers are link trees in the bio. And for podcast listeners, we are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks for listening and see you again soon.